There's an overwhelming amount of financial advice in the news and on social media. Who do you listen to? Are they looking out for what's best for you? How do you tune out the noise? In this podcast, trusted advisors Emily Augusto, CPA, and Amanda Vaught, JD, bring their extensive education and experience to delve into all aspects of personal finance. Emily and Amanda make topics like investing, taxes, and financial planning interesting and accessible. And they provide a framework to help you think through the plethora of financial advice and news out there. Are you ready to start making the best personal financial decisions for you? Welcome to Connecting the Dollars with Propel Financial Advisors. Hello, Amanda. Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm really good. Good. I am too. I am excited to talk about this topic today. We are going to talk about if you are in the market for hiring a financial planner or an investment advisor, the questions you should ask, the things you should look for, and just generally all the research you should do before making a decision. Yeah. And I thought this could be a great topic to cover um, after watching the the Madoff documentary on Netflix recently, because mm-hmm. um, you watch that and you see so many red flags that they go through in the episode and you're just like, oh man, if people had just seen this or seen this, you know, mm-hmm. you wish a lot of this, um, you know, could have been prevented. Right. Um, yeah. Is there oh, anything specific in that documentary that kind of jumped out to you or were just like, oh, I can't believe this? Oh uh, yeah. So, and well, one of the first, one of the things is that uh, Madoff did have a valid business as a market maker, which they explain in the documentary. I don't want to get too deep into the weeds of what that is, but it's yeah. a very valid business, and it's um, he had developed quite a reputation um, on Wall Street as you know a reputable guy, and then he has sort of had this side operation as investing people's money, which we later learned was a elaborate Ponzi scheme. But the investment management part was done um, really under the table and it wasn't registered with the SEC or any regulatory agencies. So that is a really big red flag. Whenever you're evaluating a financial advisor, you do want to look them up and make sure they are registered with the SEC or a state agency, depending on the size of the firm, will either be at a state or at the SEC. Yeah. And it's not just like, that's that's the first barrier to entry. Like that's the bottom hurdle to cross. So just because they're yeah, registered does state. not, yeah, it does not necessarily mean that it's like, oh, they're, that means they're a good advisor. Yeah. It doesn't mean any kind of endorsement or evaluation of the quality of advisor, but um, it is a legal requirement for any advisor to be registered. Um, I do think there is some confusion sometimes because some insurance salespeople call themselves financial advisors. An insurance salesperson is a very different regulatory framework than a financial advisor. When I'm talking about financial advisor, I'm talking about people registered as investment advisors under, you know, the um, Securities Act. Right. Yeah. The most, um, I think we hear a lot about like registered investment advisors versus broker dealers. And um, David actually wrote a blog post 
in March of 2019 that still holds up. I mean, we're four years and a whole pandemic later. And it's just a quick little read and we'll link you that in the show notes. And the main difference between investment advisors, registered investment advisors like us and broker dealers or like a local, someone working for a local bank perhaps, is that investment advisors have a fiduciary duty. And Amanda, can you go into what the fiduciary duty is? Yeah, so the fiduciary duty is a legal requirement that the advisor has to do what's in the client's best interest. So that's um, can have a big impact on how you advise clients. It means we don't have um, quotas. We don't have sales commissions. We are only paid by our clients. Um, right. Broker dealers who don't have that fiduciary standard, they have a, I believe it's a reasonableness standard. Um, they can get paid by commissions um, because and they do have quotas from their banks, sell a certain number of certain securities. Um, and that's how they make their money, right? Is from selling these financial products. Registered right. advisors is a separate thing where you don't make money from selling products. You just make money from helping the clients exactly. do what's in their best interest. So that leads into, you know, asking your financial advisor if you're, advi- you know, they're evaluating who you can hire, ask them how they get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. that can lead to, you know, maybe, maybe you're fine with somebody getting commissions, you know, mm-hmm. but, but you want to know, I think it's yeah. important. Um, and that kind of leads into, so Amanda created a five questions to ask your financial advisor. Um, it's a nice little handout and we'll also link that on the show notes. And so question number three is how do you charge for your services? So that's something that can, um, really give you insight into how the business works, how your advisor is choosing investments, perhaps like um, Mm -hmm. to quote David's article, the broker's purpose, like their main purpose is to maximize profits for its owners or shareholders. They're not necessarily putting you first. Right. Right. Um, And I think that's a part of important part of how we work is being very transparent about our fees because a lot of this, financial industry really obfuscates their fees that they are charging. Um, So, you know, whether that's through commissions or it's through, you know, like robo advisors, they tell you they're charging you this low fee, which they are, but they're also keeping this large percentage of your investable account in cash because that's how they make money, right? Mm -hmm. They make money off your cash by investing that for themselves and taking the spread on the interest um, or they make money from selling your order flow. Like uh, I know, you know, some of the investment apps do that type of thing, you know, um, are you comfortable with that? Is that okay with you? Um, take these things into consideration when you're evaluating what fee you're actually paying to somebody. Right. Okay. So one of the other questions on the list is, Um, that you might want to ask a potential investment advisor, financial advisor, is are you primarily a financial planner or an investment advisor? And this is kind of just a good way to, I think, is a good way to just open up a conversation about, you know, what kind of services outside of just picking stocks or whatever you're picking for me can you offer? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's good because there's a different types of advisors out there and some really focus on financial planning and the investment side. They either, some of them don't do, some of them outsource it, mm-hmm. some of them have expertise in it. Um, so it's just really, you know, what are you looking for? So right. that's sort of a personal question. Yeah. And maybe you do want some extra help with like setting up a 529 plan or doing some estate planning and um, they, uh, whoever you're talking to, they may or may not have that capability or that, you know, access. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Financial planners can be very useful too. If you're preparing for retirement, we come, we see a lot of tax issues, tax planning gets really important. Um, Especially if you're on a fixed income, you might need more planning help in that phase of your life, you know, or if you're in the savings phase and you have difficulty setting up your budget, you know, that's the kind of more financial planning type question you might need. Investment help is um, a little bit, you know, a different thing, right? Right. A different Um, animal. And it's not a one size fits all thing either. Right. Right. Um, Let's see. Going back to this. So this one, this question is not on here, but um, kind of where I was going with the one size fits all, like, do you do custom portfolios or do you use models? I think that's a good question that you could ask a potential financial advisor. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it's a good question. I feel like some people don't always know how to evaluate what a financial advisor says to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they start talking about models versus, you know, investing in this or that. And that quickly can lead to a financial advisor speaking in jargon. And some people, they just don't feel comfortable asking the question and they felt, you know, talked down to, or maybe they just feel insecure about it. And I just, personally, I think that is a a little bit of a red flag. If an advisor can't explain something to you and lame regular speak, Mm -hmm. then they might not be the right advisor for you. Um, Mm -hmm. I think an advisor should always be available to be able to address questions, answer them effectively, and and really help people with your personal finances. I mean, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, We're not here to just... um, talk down to you or speak to you in a foreign language. I mean, that's, that's awful. Like what service are you paying for there? You know, absolutely. and that, and that gets into, you know, just evaluating somebody based on, on your gut, you know, your, or just trust like, Oh, I feel like I can trust this person or I get a good feeling from them. Um, that can be good. That's a good first step. But I mm-hmm. think that that shouldn't be, the end of the diligence process when you're hiring someone, right, Emily? Yeah, we recently had um, some people that, well, some new clients or potential clients that have known us for a while. Um, These are specifically people I've worked with on the tax side. So they're familiar with me, they know me, but I want them to look up our uh, website. I want them to read about, you know, our experience and our history. And it's like, just because you know us, and hopefully you like us, is not necessarily the best way to uh, choose a financial advisor. Um, it's really important to do your research. And uh, you had mentioned some red flags earlier. What are what do you think are some other red flags that maybe were either in the documentary you watched or that you've seen kind of just in general? Yeah, I think um, 
just going back to that registration thing really quick i've seen other cases of fraud where um there was a recent one in florida where a bunch of retirees had given money to somebody who said they were a financial advisor and i think they were registered um but if you go on finra broker check you can search the person's name and you can see if there have been complaints or any other issues against them mm -hmm. and this advisor who had stolen all of these people's money um had like a whole series of complaints against him and if these you know victims had just looked him up it was all right there yeah to see and it's just I just think it's so sad because especially retirees you know you need that money or in and um you don't get any do-overs right there you get yeah. like one crack at the apple on on a lot of these things and if you make this a big financial mistake like this it's very difficult to recover from. Um, and so it's better to do what you can to prevent it in the first place. Um, yeah. And so that's what I would say. And, and I would say also um, check, check with your greed level. Mm, yes. Um, I think greed drives a lot of this awful behavior on wall street and um, for individuals as well. I mean, Madoff obviously was a larger than like an extreme example of the greed gone bad. But, you know, you think about the people who were investing him with him, they liked getting those returns, you know, yeah, they didn't There's want to ask reason, any questions. Yeah. They didn't want to ask any questions because they liked getting those returns. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's, you know, one thing we stress in our practice when we work with people is, is how much is enough, you know, what yeah. is this money really for, um, do you really need this much? And for some people, a lot of people don't have enough money. They need to say more. And so it makes a lot of sense. But for for other people, you know, you want to take a more like holistic approach. You know, what does this money mean to you? What do you want to do with it? And that gets into more of the financial planning side um, that some people just don't do. They just are looking at um, returns for return's sake, which can can lead lead to problems yeah I think. and you can get into some shady situations if that's all you're focused on yeah yeah um we spend a lot of time like making sure we're in compliance with everything so please go ahead and take a look at all those documents <laughs> we work so hard on i know i know there's a lot of time behind the scenes making sure all of our regulatory stuff is in order and yeah. and you know sometimes that's frustrating but it's as a business owner, but it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's there to protect the clients and protect investors and yeah. to, um, to help them. Yeah. When someone says they're a registered investment advisor, it means something like that. It's not just, uh, you know, I went to school and passed a test. It's like, I did, it's, it's much more and we're held yeah. to a, a certain standard and we have to answer to regulatory, um, bodies so yeah yeah for sure um and then always i think it's always a good idea um if you are interviewing for a new financial advisor you can it's just talk to more than one mm -hmm. see what's out there is a lot of people have different approaches and you know you want to find at least for us we want a long-term relationship and so we want to find somebody who's a good fit and you know so it helps if our clients do that diligence in advance and they also think you know it's a good fit so um yeah i think that's a lot of really good information i hope people listen to this and um learn something 
Um, any other final thoughts on Bernie, Bernie Madoff or looking for an investment advisor before we wrap up here? Yes, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I just, I hate because people have, you know, bad experiences with financial advisors and it's unfortunate and selfishly that it makes our job harder because people have this bad experience. And then, you know, it's too bad because a good financial advisor can be very helpful in people's financial lives. Um, so like I said before, you know, you get one crack at the apple, so might as well do it right, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, that's a little bit extra too information about how we work. And if you want to learn more, we'll have everything posted on our website. You can reach us at info at connectingthedollars.com for any questions. You can set up a free consult. Do we have a free? We still have that. We still have a consultation button on our website. You can set something mm -hmm. up to talk with one of us. Um, yeah, and please send us any questions or comments. And that's it. We'll talk to you next time. Okay. Thanks, Emily. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That will do it for this episode of Connecting the Dollars. Nothing discussed in this episode should be considered legal, financial, or tax advice. If you like what you heard, please subscribe for more at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your content. When you do, please give us a rating and a review. To see the links we mentioned in our show, along with other great Propel Financial Advisors content, go to ConnectingTheDollars.com. You can find our past episodes there and subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're still here because you have a general question, you can email us directly at info at ConnectingTheDollars.com. Or if you're interested in working with us, click the Schedule a Consultation button on our website. Thank you for listening.